When chaos begins to emerge in our world, where can we go to remind ourselves of hopeful humans that are helping to create a more compassionate world? Each month in the Restorative Pulse podcast, tune in as we feature thought leaders creating innovation, innovative change in our world and in our systems, from the macro level to the micro level, in our schools, healing spaces, and beyond. I'm Julie Johnson, founder of Integrate Network, and this is the Restorative Pulse podcast. Here we go. Hey everyone, it's Julie Johnson, um, co-founder of Integrate Network. Um, the other founder is Victoria. <laughs> I always try to say that now since I've been saying it like five times. I'm like, they're like, who are the, who's the other person? I'm like, Victoria, but they are off doing really cool things with automating your body right now. So <laughs> right now it's me that you're hearing from a lot. So um, um, today on the podcast, I think this is episode... I don't know, we're in the double digits now. Um, still bonus season one and um, the bonus episodes. We're <laughs> in the bonus episodes. Um, oh, sorry. And today we have Addie. Addie, how do you pronounce your last name? I want to make sure I say that right. It's D Hilster. D Hilster, thank you. Addie D Hilster. And um, pronouns are they, them? Or sorry, sorry, not they, them. She, her. She, her. <laughs> She heard, okay, I always forget, forget to ask that, I'm not, and it's, it's important. So, um, was it, so she, so obviously, so Addie uh, pronounced she, her, um, and she is a yoga therapist and a mindfulness teacher, and she also specializes and kind of has a really cool lens, and she also, I guess, teaches and teaches yin and mindfulness, and I do, both those do go together, and we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, from a trauma-sensitive lens. And so she and I are, are going to kind of come together and we're going to talk a little bit about more about how yin yoga and um, trauma sensitivity like go together by like our standards. Um, in some circles of yin yoga, um, it has been said that those two do not go together. And we have not seen that to be true when we blend yin <laughs> and trauma-sensitive mindfulness. And that's like the happy component. So those are like the two major components. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But before we get there, Addie, why don't you talk a little bit more about your work and with your move to meditate and the cool stuff you do. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you, Julie. I'm so uh, honored to be here and excited to have this conversation with you. Um, like you said, I'm a yoga teacher, yoga therapist, and I've been teaching for about 11 years and particularly through using a lot of the tools and ethos of mindfulness meditation, which is a big part of my practice too. And um, from the very beginning of my teaching, I always seemed to draw students who had different physical issues and um, injuries. And so I ended up really working a lot with people who have medical traumas and physical traumas, um, whether it's like from a surgery or an illness or, or something like that or chronic pain. So it's really, that's really been the roots of informing, you know, how I approach my teaching. And I've, I tend to use a lot of the quieter and more contemplative aspects of practice, like gentle movement and yin yoga and meditation. 
Um, and I really just, I love to highlight those aspects of the practice as well, because I think they, they don't always get as much play as the more active and, and young parts of the yoga tradition, which are great too, but we need both. And I've been leading yin yoga teacher training since about 2013. Um, that started out just that I had a class here and there wasn't anybody around who could sub for me. And like there, it just wasn't that popular. And so I started a training and I was really surprised the response and a lot of people were interested and it's really grown. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been really interesting to, um, to, to guide people into the practice of yin yoga. And it's, you know, been something I've done a lot here, um, in the LA area where I live, but it's also taken me to some cool places. Like I've taught yin trainings in Las Vegas and I got to go to Anchorage, Alaska and teach yin yoga. And <laughs> uh, so it's just been this, this really cool journey that's, that's taken me different places. And I've met a lot of people through this practice and um, yeah, and I'm with you. I think that the yin practice can really be a tool for meeting whatever is in our life history, including trauma. So I'm excited to talk about that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. So let's break down. Let's do a little bit. What I realized is when I start going to bring trauma sensitivity in yin together, I have to break down the history of yin a little bit because that's yeah. very new. Um, actually, to most to most people. I realize yin, like in my world, it's like everybody knows what yin is, but then like when I go out of my like circle of yoga, it's like people are like, what's yin? And I'm like, you just sit still, why would you do that? <laughs> so, you sit still in postures, why would anyone do that? So can yeah. we talk a little bit about the history and the benefits of it, just without the trauma sensitive lens, just kind of like, mm -hmm. like the nitty gritty, bare bones yin and yeah start there. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. And it's always like one of those hard things when someone asks you, what is yin yoga? And you just kind of like draw a blank because it's like, how do I explain this? Um, <laughs> it's, I know my students ask me that all the time. And I'm always, I'm always like, I need like, like a cue card. I need like, like something. Yeah. Cause I, this, I need like, my elevator. As well, Cause I don't feel like I, I don't have a cell, a really good selling point of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I like to say that it's a meditative practice that's done in a yoga pose. And the yoga poses are these um, supported stretches that we tend to hold for three to five minutes. And during that time, we're doing a meditation practice. And there's also the component um, of yin yoga that deals with the energy body that draws from Chinese medicine and meridian theory. Um, but it's really like, um, it's, it's a style that has brought together some different influences from Hatha yoga, from Chinese medicine, and also a lot from Buddhist mindfulness. So it's kind of unique that in that it's bringing together all of these different influences. Um, and, and yet I think it forms something quite coherent. You know, it forms a really, um, a practice that seems so simple on the surface, but that actually when you dig into it, there's a lot of richness there. Oh, it's so rich. That's why I was like, I love it. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I, I really fell in love with it when I first started doing it, so, you know, over a decade ago. It was so, you know, um, 
like for me, you know, I tend to be more like, this is like an Ayurvedic term, but like, I tend to be more like, you know, Pitta-ish and like a little bit more of that fire. <laughs> me <And> too. So, <laughs> you know, so it was, <laughs> oh, there's, we have a lot, I know, I knew we would, I knew we would get along. And so like, I was like, oh, it was just a really nice place to kind of like quelch the fire a little bit, <laughs> sometimes feel the fire and then put it out a little bit within, within myself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a balancing practice because we have so mm-hmm. much um, tendency towards the yang side, the really like active, go get it side. And, you know, and that's like so strong in our culture that the yin side needs a lot more development for most of us. And this practice just, it creates a great <laughs> framework for that. <laughs> you know, for slowing down and for just like getting in touch with ourselves and resting a little bit and being present. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. So can you talk a little bit about, okay. So we talked a little bit about yin and the core of it. So like, how do you see it benefiting Whoops, like people with histories? And I don't just want to put pigeonhole trauma survivors because I think it it's, it's other people too, like chronic we're going to talk about trauma sensitivity, but obviously the trauma sensitive lens can obviously work for like most people. <laughs> it's actually just what it call us to call it human, human, human informed or something like that. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and so can you talk a little bit about how it, how you've seen it benefit from that, the trauma sensitive lens and it, the two work together. I guess it's three when we think about mindfulness, but we'll get together. We'll get that there in a second, but like how you've seen it work bringing that together. Yeah, I think it it fits together quite naturally, actually, because the yin practice, I think, is a great opportunity to to give us like a safe space where we can learn to meet the body and meet the heart and meet what's up in the mind and to develop tools and skills around that. Um, You know, and specific to people who've had some history of trauma or chronic pain or you know, just living in our disembodied culture, (laughs) there's a lot of benefit to this practice being so slow because Mm -hmm. it gives us a lot more time to develop our interoception, you know, our inner sensing, our inner awareness, our ability to feel the body from the inside out, you know, because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is one of the things about this being like such a still and passive practice because in other forms of yoga, um, we're moving from pose to pose quite a bit, right? So there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more organizing of mm-hmm. the alignment and the movement and the proprioception, all of which is beneficial. But when we get to spend a little more time hanging out in a pose, we get to actually go deeper into that inner experience of it. And the, you know, well, what are these sensations? And what is my breath doing? And, you know, hmm, what is this like to be here for a little while and to get to know this inner landscape? So I think that's a huge benefit, just learning how to relate to that and, you know, making space and time for that. Absolutely. Like, I know for me, like, when I was doing it, like, that was the first time I ever really, this is just my experience, but, like, obviously my experience isn't everyone's, but, like, um, but personal, you know, sharing is, you know, one thing that was the first time I think I ever felt my nervous system and I was able to even like connect to my sensations enough to even connect to my nervous system, <laughs> you know, cause sensations are so connected to the nervous totally system makes sense. process, you know, that I thought that, 
yeah. And I was like, and I noticed like the more I was able to connect to my sensations, the more I would like be able to like, I was able to like chill, you know, I chill, you know, like, <laughs> and I do mean chill, like literally, like I would be like, like I was able to really like relax, like really disarm myself, you know, in the body. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that with my own students too. And I really, and that disarming part, I just have not, I just don't see it any other in many other practices is that space where it's like an active disarming practice, mm -hmm. you know, where that's, it's like from that trauma sensitive lens, that's like, you know, what we're trying to do, you know, and it, it, we're just want to create a space where we feel um, safe enough, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that means to the individual to be disarmed. And, you know, with that floor, that floor underneath you mm -hmm. and all that support you can have with props, it's like awesome. <laughs> it can be an awesome yeah. practice. That's so beautiful to that phrasing of the disarming and, you know, and that's at the same time that can be so edgy. So that's where it's so important that the guide, you know, the teacher or, you know, at least the understanding on the student's part is that, you know, safe, we have to have that feeling of safety and support and stability in order to feel like we can take off that armor, but also to know that it's up to us. How much armor are we taking off? And then do we need to put it back on? And, you know, yeah. how do we do that dance? So I think that's, you know, it can really give us a place to play with that. So let's talk, that's a good segue into the mindfulness piece. That's a really good, mm -hmm. that's like the safety piece. And I think that's like what, I think, I think what we talk about, what we say about trauma sensitive, what creates that, what, why do we bring the two together? And I think that yeah. safety part with the mindfulness is really, is kind of the key component of that. So can you talk about like what you said earlier about, about we do trauma sensitive yin, it's just practicing mindfulness in like in, in a yin shape or something you know, we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, I think of it as like, it is a mindfulness meditation and there's just either more different mindfulness meditation postures than we might've initially thought. Like we don't have to be sitting upright on a cushion. We can be in butterfly pose or we could be in banana pose or, you mm -hmm. know, whatever shape. And that can be an easier entry into meditation for a lot of people than the traditional formal meditation. So I think, um, and it's, you know, small amounts of time, like three to five minutes, and it can be a great place to learn the mindfulness skills and the technique of meditation. Um, you know, I think like one of the things is, you know, in mindfulness meditation is a lot about sensation. So it fits mm -hmm. naturally with yoga because it's a lot about, you know, starting to know the sensation of the breath or the sensations of the body and to see them rising and passing and changing and fluctuating to know that some of them are pleasant, some of them are not pleasant and to just sort of observe these things. So a yin pose is a great place to do that <laughs> because we're creating a little bit of sensation and we're doing it in a, in a way that gives us, um, you know, hopefully some support where we can be with it for a little bit, but we can start to um, get used to you know, the stronger sensations, but also the more subtle sensations and learn how to actually get interested in subtlety and, and sort of like move ourselves away from always gravitating towards what's the most intense. Because I think this is a big thing, you know, when we have our nervous system like wired to be really um, protective and really vigilant and really on and really like stimulated, 
a lot of times all we notice is the like really loud stuff and the really intense stuff. So like we need this space to slow down and start to notice something that's more neutral and something that's more quiet and soft. And we start to really orient towards, you know, safety and ease and like being able to really find that place of relaxation within ourselves. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> no, that makes total sense. I'm just telling you. Yeah. When I heard you speak <laughs> at the uprising yoga training, I was like, I was like, I have got to talk to her <laughs> because it makes total sense to me. I was, when I, when, when I was talking to, um, when I was, um, what was I going to say? Sorry. Um, so I taught a meditation class, like a trauma sensitive mindfulness class at the yoga studio I was at. And, um, the only way I could get people to stay engaged and not, you know, kind of go whatever I would lose their stay lose focus or stay engaged was by shifting the shapes and that's why I was like well, why don't we just like why don't we just do yin like just yeah. a yin class because I just ended up teaching trauma sensitive mindfulness and yin shapes like that's all I ended up doing and so yeah, exactly. I think that make that's all I ended up doing is I was like well they do really well when I do re restorative pit shapes and they do butterfly and then we do legs up the wall this is like not a mind this is not just a mindfulness class this is this is a, you know yin and mindfulness and I think the mindfulness part, that trauma-sensitive mindfulness part in that also helps um, to teach the choices within the yin shape. Does that make yes. sense? Absolutely. Like kind of what you were saying, like you can learn, you learn to be able to see the subtler things versus like in a traditional yin class, it's silent. <laughs> There's no guidance, you know, there's not much guidance. Not in mine. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's oh, in your class. Oh, you mean obviously? Yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah, that's what I thought too. Because like I, I listen, I listen. Yeah, and that's why I was like, that's where the trauma sensitive part's really important. Because like when I listen to a lot of like podcasts that by Chinese medicine practitioners and very traditional oriented practitioners, um, there's always the thing: Do you play music or do you not? And then do you do you have like so many minutes of silence? And I was like, oh boy, I was like, <laughs> you, you know, um, that was like that seems a little out of touch with where we are in our society. Yeah, well, right now it can work know? for some and people, so yeah, and it, it can be beautiful for some people, but um, but that might not be realistic for everyone, and that might not be effective for everyone. And I think it's when we get too stuck on like, we all have to be still, we all have to sit a certain way. And, you know, then we can kind of like lock up and freeze and the mind just starts spinning because the body is like, I don't know about this, <laughs> you know? So I think that's a huge part of, of this mm -hmm. practice is like giving enough options, teaching people how to manage sensation using the props, giving them permission to come out of the pose sooner if they need to. And, you know, just really empowering people to find their own way with it and to sort of give them enough of the principles of the practice that they can make it their own. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, now, can you talk a little bit more about like, um, actually, actually, I guess a little bit more about like the components of, of trauma sensitive mindfulness that you bring into like your yin teaching, because that's kind of that can be kind of big and vast. 
but what parts do you find to be the most helpful? Um, I think about, you know, when I bring someone into a pose and they're going to be there for a while, I want to give them some coaching on what to do with their attention. <laughs> you know, so I think when we're left to our own yeah. devices, a lot of times our mind just goes to like it's habitual loops or whatever's the most intense in our experience at the moment, which could be, you know, unpleasant or could be something that amplifies um, dysregulation. So I think, you know, it's important to give people tools that help them be in the present moment with a manageable amount of sensation that they're experiencing in a yin pose. And just, you know, that could be guiding, you know, reminding people to come back to the breath. It could be just as simple as that. Like, hey, notice what your mind is mm -hmm. doing right now. Would you like to come back to the breath or would you like to come back to a sensation in the body? Or it could be like using a tool like the RAIN practice, you know, which mm -hmm. is a mindfulness tool um, and bringing that into a pose and yeah. investigating the present moment mm -hmm. experience with that. Um, or it could be using pendulation, right, which is somatic experiencing technique of moving your attention from, from something that feels intense or edgy back to something that feels safe or neutral and being able to go back and forth. So you don't get stuck on one. You don't have to be afraid of feeling it, but you don't get stuck there because you know how to move back and forth. So I think there's lots and lots of different tools that we can offer and use this practice as a great place to teach them mm -hmm. that, and people can use them far beyond <laughs> their yin practice. But um, I, yeah, so I don't like to just bring people in there and leave them silent for too long. Although I probably talk more at the beginning of class mm -hmm. and sort of like set these things up. And then I do like to give them some space to work with it without me narrating every second. But, you know, <laughs> I think there's an art to like how much guidance and, and speaking to, to give in a class. Yeah. And, you know, there's something like what I always try to tell some of my students is I like to say, you know, we need to have practice um, knowing what works. And, you know, I'm like, you may not know what works if I'm if I'm always the one inviting it. You know, you need to have right. time to use these tools and make the, that des those decisions on your own. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why I like to, and I'll, you know, I'll be like, I'll be like, I'm going to leave you for like a, the next, you know, two minutes, so, you know, on your own. So like, and I think that that's a really healthy way. It can be a really good titrating way of learning to work through to like up to, I don't have students, you know, that, you know, are, you know, I, a lot of my students, you know, are like, not, not all of them, but I would say a good chunk, like I don't come to them regular enough where I can be like, Hey, we're going to be alone. You're gonna, I'm going to be leave you totally silent here for the next like six minutes, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But like we can work towards, but like that level of quiet, you know, so, so we can do, yeah. we're going to do two minutes this week. And then maybe you, you find that you're able to be maybe having a sense of presence with yourself instead of saying like learning to be like conditioned for quiet. I like to use yeah. what Tara Brock says being like conditioned for presence is what she calls yeah. it. And cause that's really all it is. It's not like we're be, I think that's a misnomer actually. I think what we're saying, we need to reverb that is Learn, we're, we're learning to connect with ourselves. That's why we call it the window of connection, that presence. We're building that presence with the self, right? Yeah, exactly. And like learning 
how to experience that in a in a way that feels safe and non-threatening and um, like a coming home, right? And I liked what you said about mm -hmm. letting people know, I'm gonna be quiet for two minutes. So if you're gonna leave that space, sometimes it helps to just give people a heads up that, you know, to set that expectation so they know that you haven't like gone off and, and abandoned them. Like you're still there holding that, that container for them, but that they know you're, you're doing this on purpose to give them a little bit of space to play with. I think that can really help, you know, so they don't get, you, know, you can see this when you're teaching and if you are quiet for long enough that, and people don't know what to do with that, they'll start to look around or fidget a lot and kind of like get a little confused. Like, are we still in this pose? Like, did you go to the second side? Did I fall asleep? I don't, you know. So I think that expectation setting is really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I've definitely been in those positions in like in some, in some classes. I think it's been in some restorative classes where I'm like, is there still a teacher here? <laughs> no, so, yeah, I can definitely attest to that. And you start looking around, I need to leave. <laughs> so yeah. I think those little containers of pr practicing quiet are really good. But like, of course, like giving that, like the trauma sensitive thing that they do, like announce that we are going to have a moment of silence. And sometimes I set my timer so I don't lose track of it. So <laughs> I think that's really cool. So are you doing tra in trainings anymore? Or is that kind of on the yeah. back burner? What's interesting is the um, the last yen training I did was the weekend before we went into lockdown here, <laughs> like literally um, the last thing I taught at our studio. Um, but I'm going to be bringing it back online this spring and doing um, doing yen training online. It'll be a combination of um, live sessions on Zoom and some pre-recorded. And I'm excited to do it slightly differently because in person we always had to like do it in one weekend and it's like this huge intensive. I'm going to space it out <laughs> over four weeks and have it be like two, three hour little bites at a time. And I'm excited Yay! about that because I think like it's so nice to have more time to digest material. And we all go to these weekend workshops sometimes and it's like, that was yeah, so yeah. awesome. And then it was like a blip because we didn't really get the chance to integrate it. So um, so I'm excited to try some different ways <laughs> since we have to now, but <laughs> it's a good thing to embrace. Cool. Well, keep, keep me, keep, keep me updated on that. I will. Keep yeah. us updated on that. That would be awesome. I will. I think I asked, I think I asked you about that. Like when one of our first messages, I was like, Hey, and I, I, that cause yeah, that's, is it 50 hours or is it 20? It's, um, it's, I have two modules, so they're each about 20 hours each. So together they would be like 40, 40 okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Super rad. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing now. So you have this online community thing that's super cool <laughs> called Moved to Meditate. And you're like building like a yin yoga community, right? Yeah, it's yin and beyond. It's, I mean, yin's a big part of it, but it's also, it's like, um, it's a video library. It's like a subscription site where you can access mm -hmm. videos and um, they're curated, right? So it's, it's really like coming from this therapeutic lens of the, the practice is not about like 
learning to do the most beautiful looking pose, but about what makes us feel good, what helps us move better, what helps us to breathe better, what helps us to be more present. So some of it's active movement, some of it's yin, some of it's restorative, there's guided meditations. It's a mix of things, but because um, I can't help but draw from lots of different disciplines that I love. Um, and I get the sense you're like that too, but there's, yeah, there's definitely a big yin component. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No kidding. I love that. So, um, is, so the, on, how much is the online, um, uh, membership? Is that active right now? It is. Yeah. It's a sliding scale. So there's three different tiers and it starts at $9.99 a month, um, goes up to, there's a middle one and then there's a $22.99 a month. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to experiment with this, you know, because I want it to be accessible to as many people as possible, but I also know there's some who can afford to support others by, you know, signing up at the higher tier and, um, making it possible for the lower tier to exist so that there's, you know, there's some accessibility there and also, you know, a sense of supporting the practices and the teachers and the traditions that you are benefiting from. So, yeah, so that's kind of an experiment, but I'm hoping that it seems like that's working, that's clear, but um, yeah. It's that's awesome. Scale. I think, I think that's super, I, I love seeing the like evolution of these like, you know, small business subscription things with like mm -hmm. yoga people. I mean, because they've had to do that, you know, I mean, we've had to, as you know, you intimately <laughs> with COVID and all that stuff, you know, this yeah. the switch to online from a studio, you know, that yeah. intimately. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay. So move to meditate and then, um, where, what's your website? So the video site and where is where can people find you? Yeah, thank you. The the video site is moved to meditate.com and then my other website is moved to meditate.yoga. So you can go to either one, they're linked together and it will just connect you with anything that I've got up there and like trainings would be listed there. I do a few Zoom classes live um, each week in a meditation group as well. So you can find all of that on there. Um, and I'm on Instagram as well. So I can be found there at Addie mm -hmm. underscore moved to meditate. So I'm happy to connect anywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. Cool. Well, we're so happy for what you offer and we're bringing a really great lens of, uh, you know, um, the quieter, softer, moon-like <laughs> aspects of yoga into the world, the, the softer aspects of it. So it's really beautiful. Um, so thank you for being here and we so appreciate you and what you offer. Oh, thank you so much. And also I echo that. I really um, am impressed with the work you're doing and so glad that you're out there doing it. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. We'll be done. Don't get off yet. <laughs> it's like, the podcast is over. <laughs>